just record. I thought that was my coming into the fading from the opening credit stuff. I thought that you were getting prepared. I was <laughs> opening a chocolate. Alright, eat your chocolate. I'm recording now. Well, don't open it then. Okay. It'll make a crinkly noise. Just straight face. You're going to make an attempt. Alright, great. <laughs> Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the podcast equivalent of the really long French fry, you know, the longest one in the container. This week we're... Not necessarily the best one. Just, just, yeah, the interestingest one. It's not like bag chip. No. You're not happy to see it. You don't know where it's been. Half of it's hot, half of it's not. It's usually how we do things, 50-50, good and bad. Um, See, see, uh, either the upcoming or the past episode. Um, this week we are talking about an idol group. I know. So it seems appropriate to give a quick rundown of what that means. My name is Toby DePola, and up until I researched a bit for this episode, I assumed idol groups were just a spin-off of things like the Spice Girls, Destiny's Child, or TLC. I liked the Spice Girls. They had good deodorant. Hmm. Backstreet Boys. Boys to Men. Ozone. NSYNC. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> It's me, Don. Hanson. Fair enough. Alright. Yeah. As it turns out, idol bands seem to have first started by a production company called... Human Nature. Oh. What's the one that I'm... Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That it doesn't count. Um, yeah. It turns out idol bands first started by a production company called Johnny and Associates in 1962. Back in the ancient times of the Monster Mash and Mash Potato Time by D.D. Sharp. Idols back then were controlled by talented young, were controlled but talented young artists that eventually age out of the industry and go do their own thing, like this is the channel folk for us. Um, controlling as in they could only do scripted appearances, and that shit has loosened but not disappeared entirely. Reminds me of the Hollow Live controversies, you know, Kariyu, Coco represent. Um, Idols had a golden age in the 80s, but during the 90s they fell away against the trend of rock music. But there was a fan base that continued to wave their flags through that time, buying the merch and never missing a concert. Those people would be the target audience for the 2000s onwards. Those people were the otakus, or nerds. The idol group we are covering today aren't from the 60s or the golden age in the 80s. They aren't even alive. They're not even real. This week we are talking about Fran Shushu and Zombieland Saga. Joining me on my trip to the Saga Prefecture is producer Kyle. I am present. I This is probably my longest intro. It is, and I derailed it massively, but welcome to me. <laughs> Long chip, baby. That's where we're at. Um, Zombieland Saga, the anime we are talking about today was directed by, I'm glad I practiced all these names, like, fucking three weeks ago, um, Munehisa Sakai, and written by Shigeru Murakoshi. Uh, it was announced by, for some reason, a game company called Crygames. They were working with Avex Pictures, a company that produces anime like Black Clover, Assassination Classroom, and Kakeguri, um, which is the one where everyone wears the red blazers and they gamble, I think. Nope. It was a TikTok cosplay trend for a bit. That's all I fucking know. I'm sorry. Nope. All right, but let's name some stuff we do know. They, um, you know, they, they produce Magical Senpai. I know that one. 
the the final like the return season of Fairy Tale. I know that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Avex was working with Dugout to produce music and sound. They're more of a musical based production company. Or Dugout. Um, and Avex, I suppose. Um, this series is animated by Mapper. I don't know most of their stuff, but they are doing the Chainsaw Man anime when that comes out. And they were the ones who animated the opening for Persona 5 Royal. You so, like that game. Yeah, so I know them from that, I suppose. Mm. Alright, so those are the people involved. There's not a lot of background information with most anime we cover in general, really. But the series would follow the trials and tribulations of an idol group trying to build a name for themselves in the town of Saga. Town? Prefecture? I don't know. I know states. That's, that is my list of things. Um, yep, the group won't let anything stop them from rising to the top, not even death. So let's get into it. Kaya, what do you think about the show? Like, first impression stuff. It's a very cold open. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, how do you feel about it overall? I know I started watching this one whether you were around or not. Yeah. So at first glance, do you have thoughts about it? <laughs> Look, I, I wasn't, like, here for most of it. Yeah. Did you I like- just kind of came in and out. And I don't think I have the same love for it that you do. Because I think I've missed a lot of that, like... You weren't on the um, mental hype train. Well, like, you keep talking about when the girls have their origins. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't think I saw any of that. I was gushing about season two so fucking hard when I saw it, but we're not here for that today. I'm looking forward to something. But that's the thing, you would watch it while I was at work. Yeah. So, like, I don't have any of that, you know. I don't know. It's not bad. I just don't you just have went anything. There. Yeah. Um. You know, you got a time you want me to edit out? Six, 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 six. Okay. So we begin in a very typical day in the life anime fashion for episode one. We meet Sakura Minamoto. Um, she is getting ready for school and listening to her favourite idol pop group, Iron Frill, which will come up later. Um, it is her first day as a second year in high school. She says that she's a bit of a class and anime female protagonist. They, they all are. Yes, we are. Sailor Moon and shit. Um, anyway, she has a pep in her step, though. She won't, be fum- she won't be a fumbling goof anymore. On her way to school, she is going to mail her audition to be in an idol group. Um, there are going to be days full of thrills and excitement waiting for her, in her own words. Um, and if you have seen the meme, you know what happens next. It's clutching her, clutching her audition tape. She runs down the front path of her house and is just immediately just smashed into a speeding van. Yeah. You like it? It's very abrasive. Oh yeah. It is not the anime. Look. If I'd you seen, hadn't seen the clip, I'd like... I'd seen the meme. Yeah. But hadn't even so, it's to, almost a jump scare of a moment. put it together, mm. and I was like, oh yeah, you know, day in the life anime, it's fine. It and wasn't until thump. afterwards it makes a good, that I realised. It makes a noise. Like, whew. 
It is, it is jump scary. Yeah. As her dead body bounces off the van's bonnet, uh, Screamo music plays and opening credits roll. Good good opening. Certainly um, captivating. Holds your attention. And no, no nipples. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you can't reference things. We don't know when we're airing stuff. If you're listening to this, we recorded it in the past. Sakura finds herself... I mean, we didn't record it in the future. I like the fact that you knew immediately as you said that, that there was no letdown. Fucking don't worry about it. So Sakura finds herself sprawled across the floor in an old, dark, creepy house. Yeah. Looks like some Resident Evil shit. Yeah. Um, the sound of rain pelting its windows. She gets up and wanders the halls. Suddenly... Glass shatters as a corpse dressed in a black clergy robe is thrown through a window at her. Its broken frame cracks and reshapes into a standing position and runs after Sakura. Um, yeah, she runs from this monster and locks herself in a bedroom and trips over something. Mm-hmm. That something is another corpse. Another little woman corpse. Several, in fact. Um, they get up and start stumbling towards her. She, you know, she panics, obviously. Grabs a fire poker and sinks it into one of the heads. And scurries out of the room. She gets out of the house and off its screens. She gets on out of there. Um, she stops in town to catch her breath once she's like in civilization again. And discovers that she is in the Saga Prefecture. Mm-hmm. For Australian listeners, prefectures are like districts. Similar to, um, the only one I could think of is Gippsland. Whit Sundays is the other one I've heard of. You know, you know those things, how it's not a state or a postcode, but it's like in the middle. Region. Mm. We then meet a recurring character, Policeman A. Glad they gave him a name. Fuck it. <laughs> he calls out to the random teen girl running for her life in the rain in the middle of the night. Sakura runs over to him for help, um, at which point he falls back panicked and pulls his gun on her. Yay. Um, that's when Sakura looks around to see what he's freaking out about. You know, maybe one of the corpses followed her there. Because, you know, there's zombies and whatever. But instead, she sees her reflection in one of those round mirrors they put up in dangerous intersections for cars. Um, she, too, is a corpse. Blue skin, sunken red eyes, large gouge through the center of her head. Yeah. She is a zombie. And I love I, I love the moment, because, like, the reveal is there, and a gunshot breaks the silence through the rain. And she looks at the exit wound in her chest. Then back at the policeman. Who shot her? Um, She collapses, her spine doing a classic Barbara Gordon. um, And she watches as the policeman gets hit with a shovel by a man in sunglasses and a blue and maroon suit. As you do. Uh Uh-huh. And then she fades out. Mm -hmm. When she wakes up a second time in the old house with her spine prepared, um, she now realizes all her memories from her lifetime are gone. The sunglasses man is there and tells her his name... Oh, her name was Sakura, and she's been dead for ten years. She is a zombie, much like the little poodle that he himself is holding. Uh, Romero, for those keeping track, named after John Romero, classic zombie, fucking champion of the world. I don't like it. You don't like the dog? No. Look at it. Reminds me a lot of the dog from Penny and Stocking. Chuck? Prefer that one. The plush animal? I don't think that was a dog. I don't know what the fuck that thing is. Yep. It don't matter. Um, he says her code name is Zombie One, and she will work with him to save Saga. His name, surprised it was in it, because honestly, the first entire watch through of season one and two, I wasn't sure I knew it, mm. is Kotaro. 
Um, and if she follows his orders, there will be no problem. Vague threats. He isn't the character we'll get used to yet. The first episode's a bit of a slow build-up. You've got mean, a lot of stuff to cover here. They hit a chick with a truck. They've, they've burnt <laughs> out their surprises for this episode. Yeah. Um, the following day, the other zombies wander mindlessly around the basement, or dungeon, depending on what your opinion is of iron bars. Um, Sakura sits in a chair before a blackboard, and Kotaro comes in saying good morning to the girls. Um, obviously they don't respond, they are classic wandering zombies, you know the kind. Um, of, yeah, they don't respond. Um, he's, he's their manager, and I love his personality. Hmm. Don't you? Yeah. He's it, a little intense for me. Yeah, if I had to describe it, I would say cocaine. Just as a personality. Um, Sakura asks him, you know, they have a little little back and forth. She goes, am I dead? And he's like, sure. She's like, okay, then how am I here? And he's like, you've seen zombie movies before, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, there you go. Yep. <laughs> and that doesn't explain what, and it's a great little, That's like, it. awkward silence. It's quite nice not to get an origin story. Hmm. They just assume that you've seen something before that you can mildly put together. No, it's like, she's like, how did I get here? And he's like, zombies are like, you know, the zombies in TV. Mm. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, he does explain, though, that regional idols are a dying trend, but that also means less competition. So they will capitalize on that, bringing tourism and shit to his fading prefecture that he loves so much. Sakura then asks about the other girls, one of which is latched onto her during this conversation. Kotaro explains that they're all legends in some form or another all of which I will cover when we get to the casting. They do have per- they don't really have personalities yet in the first episode anyway. Not really. So I felt I may as well go through episode 1 before I talk about anybody in particular. Um Sakura is the only one who has redeveloped sentience, which is good because she can now get ready for their debut performance that very night. Give them lots of time to rehearse. <laughs> Yeah, and come to terms with the fact that... Kodoro is good dead. for the old short notice job right there. <laughs> it's always like that. Mm-hmm. So, cut to Nightfest. A rock venue festival in which the girls will perform. It's not exactly an idol show, but they do have an open stage policy, so whatever it'll do. Yeah. Um, they're all wearing makeup to hide their grotesque and differently animated corpse faces. I do like the contrast of that. Um, when they show the girls from the other people's point of view... Like, you know how it animates them sometimes, like, like classic horror zombies? And then you see them normally, and they're just, like, idle girls. Standard anime stuff. Yeah. Do, do you like the weird... It makes me wonder, like, in a live-action sense, how much do they... How, how much do they look like healthy people? They're all sunken and horrible when they're seen by someone in their zombie drag. I kind of feel like they would all look like meth heads. Right? How much foundation is he putting on that they have cheeks? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love. I like to think that they would definitely not work, and that's like part of the humor to me. Mm. I don't know, it's very. It's vague Curious. for the sake of vague. Yeah. But it's also part of the show's charm, too. Where it's like, here's a situation. Please don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> please, please don't. Um, 
Yep, so the girls are going to are at this place. While in the dressing room, Tay, the um, the robe one from earlier that went through the window, hears the static of a loudspeaker on the stage and starts headbanging. Um, the other girls start to follow suit, um, except for Sakura, who calms them with dried squid, which is an ongoing thing that zombies eat in this show. I mean, show me someone that doesn't. I don't know. Domesticate zombies. Huh? <laughs> it's good. Um, Kotaro is like, see, look, you can handle this. Look at you taming these girls. And poor Sakura is like freaking out pretty fucking hard. <laughs> she's had a big day. Well, she's probably the least dead one. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Well, she's only been dead ten years. Yeah, and she was, but she was watching Iron Frill before she died, but that might have been post-mortem YouTube footage. It comes down to one of the other characters when that show she was watching was broadcast. So, I don't know. Similar time, maybe. Could have been dead the same day. Look, at the very least, they are su- she's one of the least dead. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it's not made to be explained. I don't know what to tell you. I just, she might have more brain matter currently. Well, she woke up first. No. Well, she sentienced first. We don't know that. Yes, we do. All the other ones are... They could have been sleeping. They're walking around, biting on shit, headbanging. <laughs> Which makes me think of that the second Baby Metal music video. I don't remember the name. Mm. Um, yeah, she's freaking out. She's, she doesn't have stage fright, but she definitely thinks she's going to get caught. Because Kotaro did specifically say people will cut off the heads of zombies if they know about them. I mean, that's So don't practice. get caught. I mean, yeah, every zombie film. So, um, yeah, they have not practiced. They don't even have a song yet. She hasn't heard it anyway. Um, the other girls are mindless corpses, and they're about to go on a metal stage. An idol group. So even if they were good at it, they're in the wrong place. Kodoro tells her to trust her instincts, and she asks him if he is stupid. He is. The, those two have some good back and forth throughout the show. I, I enjoy their dynamic of, um, you're going to do a thing, and she's like, that's a bad idea, and he's like, yeah. Um, yeah, he does a little motivational speech and it doesn't work because none of them can understand words yet. And off they go. As you do. Sakura tries to introduce the group and um, Tay leaps off the stage and has to be pulled off a guy in the crowd immediately. Um, that guy that she jumps on and his buddy are recurring characters too. They're like the fanboy Balkan skull, I would yeah. describe him as. It's the Otaru of the group. Otaku? That one. Okay. They're, just, they're, they're fans of the... Of the group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and him and his buddy are kind of like, wow, man, those bitches are like stage diving before they've even performed. That's pretty metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're inadvertently impressing those two guys every time. <laughs> just those two guys. Um, yeah, thinking this metal chick just stayed stage dive and tried to treat him like Ozzy would treat a bat, you know, they're pretty impressed. And then the blonde zombie stumbles over to that loudspeaker on the stage, the one that the feed... And her kicking it causes more feedback. Um, they all start headbanging again. Metal music starts playing from backstage, and they all just start screaming into microphones. Yeah. No words. Um, yeah, they don't know how to make words yet, but the Balkan Skull dudes are impressed. I should have wrote down the names. Um, they're like, wow, these bitches don't need to take breaths, and they headbang like they have broken necks. Like They're, they're very impressed, and the crowd goes wild. Uh, look, they did it. At least they've impressed somebody. Yeah. The following day, Sakura is sitting around reflecting. The stage lights and the crowd gave her, like, a flash of remembering the Iron Frill 
group. Um, you know, something from her mortal life that she doesn't remember. And her thoughts are sort of cut by a scream inside the old manor. Turns out some of the girls are waking up. Except for Tay, who is um, trying to eat them. <laughs> and that's how episode one ends. As far as pilots go, what do you think of that one? It's a good setup. I would find. I would say it's compelling. Yeah. Without a total confidence, I know what the word means. I just hear reviewers say it. like it's it's a good start. I, it invested me in like seeing what the fuck the go is. I feel like, and I'm also charmed by the Sakura Kotaro, Kotaro, um, but that's dynamic the thing. and stuff. It, that one episode sets up everything that's going to happen in the show, but doesn't give away anything. Away. Yeah, it's a very well built balance. Yeah. And because you only have one sentient one, it's sort of focused on reacting to the situation. Yeah. She leads you through it properly. Yeah, I think it's a good episode. Um, it's fun, silly, it's exciting, doesn't give too much away. It implies there'll be... The only problem is that it implies they're going to be a metal group, which I was excited for. You know, baby metal's a fucking thing that exists. Um, but they kind of do a bit of everything overall. I think that's the only part the episode kind of, like, fails me on. It's it's only because they hit a genre I'd prefer. That's, that's all the it thing. is. You don't know that until you get further into yeah. it. And I think it's more believable almost mm. that they don't stick to one genre. Yeah. Because, of course, you're going to sit there and, like, try and play with them in different settings. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's good, but it's also, good entertainment. For if you're not the person that's into that kind of music... It's not gonna like. Yeah, if you don't like a song, the next episode will come up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that people are waking up, we can actually talk about some of the cast. Um, we watched this one with subs, so mm-hmm. we're going with the original casting. I know that isn't always the rule. We very bad for committing to one or the other. Look, let's be honest. We usually go with the best one. It's we, not always. No, it's not tr- always subs. We try to go with the best one. It usually goes with when we're watching it. It goes with how we access it. If we are watching it while eating dinner, we will go for dubs. Mm. Because we're spending a lot of time shoveling food into our faces. As you do. If we are actually just sitting down and watching something, we will go with subs nine times out of ten. Yeah. Because we can pay attention. And then there are other ones that break both of those rules because that's just who we are as people. Like how we reset Kaijo just so we could hear them say the attacks because it's funny in English and we don't get the joke in Japanese. Yeah. All right. So who have we met so far? Where do you want to start on casting? Who have we met? We've met Tay, Sakura, and Kojiro so far. Yeah. Any preference? Let's, well, let's go with the main character. Okay. Sakura. Sakura is voiced by um, Kaide Hondo. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about some of the other roles she plays? Sure. Much to my surprise, she is Komi. Of course. Of the Can't Communicate fame. I was actually going to mention Komi. Mm? Because, is that Taylor? That's Taylor. Okay. She does something similar to Komi, where her hair is sentient. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion in her kind of reminds me of Harley Quinn's cowl in the original animated series. It's used to portray emotions and... I don't feel like it's done as well as Comey. Comey is centred around Co- it, whereas Comey's this is more little, just like an animation treat. Comey's little like, cat, cat ears. ears makes more sense to me than her flappy dog. 
ears. They're not ears. If you look at her from the back, she's shaped squid-based, which is... Look, I'm likening it to the early to mid-2000s trend of having, like, girls having sideburns. Oh, yeah. But they were, like, long, thick ones. Yeah. Like, my long. Sis- my sister got really into them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Not only does it shock me that she voices these other characters, it shocks me that these are voiced by the same person. Yeah. So, Comey. Shy, quiet, intelligent. Magical Senpai is the same fucking voice actor. Dumb, loud, odd. (laughs) I guess the odd kind of communicates every time. Yeah, it blew me away that those are the same people. And um, the shy brunette in Kaijo with the ponytail. The one who could mimic stuff by touching butts. Mm. What a what a talent. <laughs> um, Alright. I mean, not useful in today's Sue first ask question later. Alright, so um, she died when her fucking head slammed into the windshield of a car. Yep. And her design portrays that. I love that... It, honestly, it took me like a season and a half to notice. But all their zombie bandages, injuries, what have you... Reflect a hinting dying. at their fate as people. Yeah, like she has the car accident injury. You know, um, she also has very pink hair. She, she's she's the red one of the group, I guess I would say. They're all the semi color coded, not really. Um, do you like her as a character? Yeah, she's pretty good. She's classic. Like I'm a little shy, I'm a little dumb, but I'm determined to do my best. She's yeah, the classic. Yeah. She would run around with toast in her mouth if she had toast at any point. Yes. It's that one. All right, so you ready to talk about the band manager, Kotoro? I don't like him. I love him so much. I know. You haven't endured him enough to like him. You shouldn't have to <coughs> endure a person to like them. You know what I, I mean? I mean, I know it doesn't work in our relationship, but... You know what I mean, man. You got fun vibes. I, I, I love him. Just as, like, the worst possible person in charge of these girls. <laughs> he's not abusive, but god damn it, he's close to being abusive. <laughs> yeah, I find it, he's not a villain, but god damn, he may as well be. He's he like, makes my Comey ears pop. But in, like, a fearful way. I know something's up. Yeah. So, um, he's, he's the man of mystery. They still haven't really... They, they've hinted at it so strong, I'd rather they don't bring it up anymore but it's implied that he knew sakura before like they went to school together sort of thing like that 10 year gap is him growing up and uh, doing whatever the fuck it is he's been doing but you also see his heritage has been collecting these zombies for a while but i don't want to spoil season two because it fucking rules and goddamn the ending of season two is worth watching every episode of the show just to be like wow didn't see that coming which I feel like is just this show. Yeah, the fact that it could do that's, it. That's the, the fact that it could do it over the top of the entire run. Like it, it's like here's the level of weird the whole show's at, and then the final seconds of the show are like up here. But that's I feel like. God damn! I didn't want to talk about it. It's hard not to though because it's fucking amazing. Within the first it's my 10 favorite minutes, bit. Mm. they managed to go from like baseline anime. Literally, to, the oh every- shit. It's the same opening as every fucking thing. It's, um, Hiroshi Girl Drop or whatever the fuck that one was from Pop Team Epic. It's, but that's, it's the same. It's, but that's it's what the Sailor Moon. It's, it's the every basic, girl anime. Every girl opening mm. and then 
jump scare of hit by a truck. Followed by, like, death screams. And it doesn't descend that staircase. God damn it. It's, it's, it's well done. It's a well-built, chaotic ride. Yeah. Um, so, so who else is he? Kotaro is voiced by Mamoru Miyano. I think a lot of people would know him as Light from uh, Death Note. But because we are terrible so. weebs, we haven't seen Dick. But no, I have seen that. You have? He's Light, which I think is the little goth... The boy with the big hair in the sweater. I saw it 13 years ago, so I couldn't You know what? Fuck it, don't worry about it. Um, he's also Ryuji from Persona 5, depending on whether you're playing the Japanese version or not. Okay. I think I watched the anime in Japanese, but played it in English. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's um, Ryuji. That's who I would know him as. Um, so we met Tay in first episode. Let's talk about her. This one is fucking crazy. I'm I'm hoping you care about this. This is this is my one bit of trivia to like get a rise out of you. Okay. Okay. So you're following. I'm buckled in. So she grunts and moans for the most part. She doesn't have dialogue. She no. never wakes up. No. She um her voice is her just her noises are made by Katono Mitsuishi. And. That name sounds familiar. I was surprised to see the pedigree of voice actor they hired for this. My god. Could have been anyone. Like I said, it is just grunts. But Katono was um, Katsuagi from Neon Genesis. Like the, the milfy one. Okay. That I see in the memes. And um, Sailor Fucking Moon. Yep. Yep. She is the Alan Trudick of... That feels like a... Look, I don't know how popular those these shows are in their native country. Like, I don't know which of the... I don't know if Sailor Moon's is much of a cheese TV icon <laughs> for Japan. But the fact that they got Usagi to just show up and go... Ugh, like eight or nine different takes and then left for the episode. <laughs> that blew my hair back. I feel like that's the biggest name in my list, right? I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I compared it to um, George Clooney voicing Stan's dog in that one episode of South Park for no reason. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So, um, her backstory, which was covered in the tie-in manga, but I don't think we've really seen much of it yet, is that she is or was the owner of the old house the girls live in. Um... Yeah, it's revealed in the comic that, that Tay was an office worker by day, but demon exorcist by night. <clears throat> Considering her um, injuries in zombie mode, I feel like I'm fascinated to see if they cover more of her. Because she's is got, she like, possess- dismemberment scars. Is she possessed? That might have been her fate. There might not have been a soul to, to put, like, to wake back up. And the way she's been vivisected, like like I said, all the all the injuries are accurate, and we don't know hers. Her head has been removed, her arms have been removed, her legs have been removed. Those are her drawn, injuries. She was drawn and boarded. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She was possessed. Right? Fuck yeah, for that origin episode, I don't want her to wake up. Maybe she gets one word, like that time Maggie did before they ruined it and made her do it like eight more times. How do you feel about Tay now? <laughs> Have I changed your opinions at all? 
I'm so confused. I'm so fascinated by that weirdo. And also that fucking drum solo she does in season two. Holy shit. Stop talking about season two. I fucking can't. If you want to do an episode about it, you need to stop talking about it. Alright. Look, I'm spacing out my notes. Okay. Oh no, I got a bit. I'm okay. I'm not doing that bad, ladies and future boys. Alright, so I'm um, for halfway. Good. Um did you have any which were there any other zombies you wanted to go into first? Do you have I, any preferences? I don't know. You don't have to, just go by the hair colour. At this point I've narrowed it down enough. Oh, I mean, she's on the screen. That one? No, I'm not using that one. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to go on my list. I've grouped them together in a way that kind of is... Well, then why did you ask? Because I originally, in my notes, asked, and then, like, I grouped two of them together, and you picked one of those two out of nine characters. I thought I thought my odds were better. <laughs> it's fine. You Do you know who Saki is? I'm sorry. Then... Well, the episode I had in the background ended. I'm just saying, you can't put okay. things in front of okay. me and then wonder know, why I pick them. Do you know who Saki is? Hang on, I'm getting up Google. Oh, you're going to Google image them. Seems easier. She's the yellowhead one, the angry one. The knuckles, the echidna of the group? <laughs> if I had to compare it to something? I don't like where you just went with that. Look. Is that Saki Nefodito? Yeah. Okay. She's the one with blonde but streaks. That's her. The mean biker gang chick. Um, I don't have a lot of notes for her. I was just going to vamp a little bit. Um, she's voiced by Asani Tano. Um, she doesn't have as long of a like a career as the others, but I'm sure a lot of people know her as Rin from One Piece. Um, I will also say these girls were mostly cast because they're also the singing voices of themselves. It so it was probably it more important that they could sing than what their resume was. Which is fascinating that Usaki's who she is. Um, so her origin's coming in this season. I can play with that. She was she's a biker, like she's a, she's a very gang lady, very aggressive. Um, they show in her origin episode because everyone sort of gets a little special there. Um, her she meets she runs into her friend from back then. Obviously, they can't reveal who they are, but her friend is like a mother now. Who um, dropped out of the biker gang after seeing the horrible, traumatic death of her best friend, uh, uh, Alasaki? <laughs> um, so what they would used to do was like an, a, a different version of chicken on their motorbikes, in which one gang member and a rival gang's member would like floor at top speed, like from one end of a car park to a cliff face, and whoever got the closest proves themselves to be the braver one. But I mean, that is chicken. Yeah, it's just not hitting directly at each other. It's hitting an object, which is uh, the ground really hard after a cliff. Yeah. Now, now Saki was very committed to winning a particular match and uh, didn't stop, as it turns out. Over she went. Okay. But um, I do like her or her um backstory episode. I'll call it, I'm not even going to call it an origin because it's not treated as such. You get it in flashback form. Um... And she does it again, because um, her best friend's daughter from the old days is like literally living her life again. Pretty much the same cycle is happening, and she challenges the girl to a bike race, and just goes over the cliff again to to like to scare the, the shit out of, of the other girl. And yeah, it's cool when her like she like crawls out of the fire up the cliff and stuff. It's kind of dope. I think she's a good character. You get more time with her in um. 
again, season two, but, like, this is her origins in this one. That's why she's got a bit more of a mixed, matchy body. Because hers was in an explosion over a cliff. Hers is a bit more patchworky. Yeah, you got scraps. I don't think all of it's her. Probably not. Knowing Kothero, he probably just grabbed whatever he could fucking scrounge up. She's got six fingers on one foot. God. On her foot. (laughs) Yeah, she's not good for the foot fetish group, I guess. But yeah, I I enjoy that one. I think she's fun. As the show ran on, I ended up kind of liking most of them. Because, you know, it's always important to choose a waifu immediately without learning any of the characters. But this, this of is what, course. You know I've always done that. It's imp- I like to barrack for a team like it's a fucking sport. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. this was one of those ones where I, like, backpedaled every fucking episode because everyone was really charming, which is one of the reasons I think this show is so good. Um, all right, who next on my order in no particular order is Yugiri, the older one, the, the cougary one of the bunch. Yes. Um, uh, you know how I mentioned they were all legends? Only two of them were idol legends, which feels like bad choices. I mean... Saki was a biker legend. This one was a courtesan. Which just means escort, right? (laughs) For better or worse. (gasps) I'm sorry, I've been down a rabbit hole. Hence the reason that I've been nodding a lot. Hmm. Have you got a credit for Policeman A? Uh, no. Go, yeah, give him, give him a shot. I will come back to you, Geary, but give him credit, because he does appear in almost every episode. Okay, so, because I know that he does. Yeah. And he's, like, in the character list that I pulled up. It's so smart of you to check, about. because I checked the dog in case he was someone important, and that was it. So I've been going through it, and I'm like, there's, there's, he's appeared in, like, 208 voice actor roles. Okay. Doesn't get a name in this. Fli- flicking through. Hmm. It doesn't get it in the manga either. It's just Policeman A. Yeah, I know. I think it's part of his charm. He's a fucking loser in the show. Looking through, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of animes in here that like we wouldn't know him from. Mm. Like, we haven't sat with this guy. Yeah. But? I was wrong. Mm. Take a guess who this guy voices that kind of I would stop this dead. Which you've, which you've done, and kind of a pun because it's about zombies. Very good. He's got a nasally sort of high-pitched voice. Can you at least narrow down the show for me? It's from 2010. Uh, that didn't fucking help me. I don't know what time 11 it is. episodes. I think I've already referenced it in this, epi- in this episode. Is he the ginger from Panty Stocking? He is brief. Yay, I got him! Panty I got Stocking! It. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> Listen to our back catalogue for us... Reading the repent speech not very well together. <laughs> so Hiroyuki Yoshino? Yeah? Yoshino? Like, he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, keep going. But... Mm. It's brief. Yeah, my boy brief. Oh. We listen. We watched that dub, though, so I'm... You know. I'm impressed we got it. <laughs> the fact that it was a short season was all I had. Um, He's apparently starring in the new, like, 2021 Power Rangers as well. Oh, cool. Just, you know, for for gigs. Cool, nice work. Alright, so Yugiri's the older one, Mm -hmm. and the um, geisha. Yes. Yeah, that's what she was famous for. I can't really talk about jack shit, because that is a a two-parter of season two, her origin story, which I remember texting you about while you were at work, being like, no, no, you don't get it. It was like, whoa. That was pretty much the entire text message. 
<laughs> yep. And every time I tried to like press you for more information, but I, I should got have less. known because I know that the scars are appropriate on the zombies to where they go, mm-hmm. and she has a single one across her neck. Yeah. And um, yeah, they do say that she was there during the beginnings of the modern era Japan. Like she's, I think she's the oldest of the group. In fact, she would be because she meets um Kotaro's like relatives before the zombies there. So yep. she'd be our first. She'd be our test subject, except for the dog. Dog was already there. That dog no, is like two hundred years. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so I can't really talk much about her, but I like. Oh, I just found a plushie of him, and I don't... You don't get a lot of time with her, but I like the part we get. Um, she's voiced by Rinka Kinugawa. I don't really know any of work, but um, according to IMDb, her biggest one is Liddy in an anime called 100. Um, again, I think they're mostly hired for their singing over any, any other thing. Because mm-hmm. their songs in it are fun. She has a... um. I cannot find it, like, on Spotify, which a lot of their songs managed to make it to, but she has, like, a very... One you would like. I would maybe say it's a little more on Rougie. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll show you that one off there. That's fine. So let's move on to Lily, the tiny blue head one. Yeah. What can you tell me about her? Because I forgot, like, all of this. Isn't she, like, a bit like Baby Dom? No, but I like your I like your thinking there. She was worried about that. So her zombie mode has it's drawn cute, but if you think about it in a live action sense, her fucking heart is exposed. Yeah. Which looks like a plushie she's carrying around, but you know, if it wasn't a cartoon it would be her fucking heart. Problematic. Yeah, yep, yeah, great. Um that's cause she died of a heart attack. Yeah. This child. Um Yep, so um, she, the heart attack was brought on by the stress of being a cute girl child actor hiding the fact that she was trans, uh, yeah, transgender and terrified of puberty. Um, it showed, like, do you remember the episode where we see what her dad looks like? Yeah, I do, actually. He is, he's a fucking behemoth of a man, and yeah. she's petrified she doesn't get to be a cute little girl anymore, and will probably naturally just grow an eight-pack. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he could punch a hole in a building. He looks bigger than, like, Goku, honestly. I think that's why I likened it to Baby Doll. Because, mm. like, the most time that I've spent with her is Tass, when she's hiding in the gutter with, um... Her dad kind of looks like Killer Croc. <laughs> yeah, you get what I mean, though. Yeah, um, yeah, the day she finds, like, a beard hair growing on her chin is when the heart attack hits her. Um, yeah, and she does. She's played by... Um, Minami Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Mary in the Kageguri thing I mentioned earlier. Um, she's Usagi in Kaijo, which you might remember. She was the the one with the bunny hoodie and was like a dangerous stalker. Oh yeah, yeah that one. That's the thing we know her from. Mm. I'm sure she's in other stuff and more frequently. I think that was like one boss fight. I feel like our listeners know us by now. Yeah, they, they know us. We're, we're hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Um, so the next two girls are the only ones actually trained to be idol stars. Um, we have Junko. Um, she was big in the 80s. She's another one with a very 
there's a lot of pieces on her uh, zombie design. Mm-hmm. And that is because she was salvaged from a plane crash. Yay! Um, she was a solo artist you know, in her day, which is why she's so shy and quiet-voiced now. She's performed by Maki Kawase. Um, I don't know much of her stuff either, but... um. Do you know Monster Masume? The one that's like the plot of softcore porn. The boy gets like a bunch of monster girls transferred to his care and they all want to fuck him. It's not very good, but everyone thinks it would be right up my alley, which I can see why they would think that. It's the one with the snake girl. Big titties, red hair, the snake. Isn't, isn't that Remember the, how I read the basketball movie that just came out? <laughs> no, it's not the one from fucking Space Jam. <laughs> no, you know how I always pick a thing, a, a, a waifu in every franchise, and I've, there's that one that's a big spider? Yeah. It's, it's that series. She plays a Frankenstein in that. They call it a flesh golem, but it's Frankenstein. If that helps you at all. Nope. Well, fuck it. Let's go to our last member of the group, I. Okay. Um, she's also exiled, like Junko. Um, they those two tend to pair off together because I think they relate to each other a lot more than the other girls. I find it really weird that in my little list that I have, mm. hers is the photo missing, which is weird. But the second that you click on it, there's lots of photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like she's one of the more popular ones of the group. I um, like a little fairy here. Yeah, she's the one that's covered in bandages. She's Iron. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, in fact, you saw her perform as an ex-idol in the opening of the first episode. She's the main girl in Iron Frill. She died in two thousand and eight, four months after Sakura. There you go. Good work. So she's the she's the you know. Good. I'm glad I researched this topic. I don't have you fucking kick my ass scrolling through your phone right now. Um, she's voiced by Risa Taneda. Um, she's in a bunch of stuff, but I will <gasps> I will say probably her most monetarily successful thing currently is that she is the Japanese voice of Diva in Overwatch. I'm already here for. I don't think she's mentioned in your little song. Um, <laughs> Thank you, it's great. But uh, yeah, she's bandaged because of the horrible burns she suffered from being struck by a lightning on stage and killed. Can, can I? I've, I've got trivia here. Yeah, hit me. I, I, I warmed up to her in her season two uh, okay. special when Iron Frill wants to hire her back. So the truck that kills Sakura, Sakura yeah, has its license plate uh-huh. is her death date. <laughs> Cute. That's that's what I've got here. All right, so I'm. I thought I thought it was. You did know. you have a favorite of the of the whole bunch? Um. Oh, she was only 16 when she died. She's an idol star. They they get kicked out once they're like 20. Um, I'm I'm probably between I and Yugiri. Okay. Both of which, like, will... They were moderate on my list of, like, amazing characters. But then season two is like, oh yeah, we didn't really touch on these guys. Here's a bunch of mind-blowing shit. I'm like, oh, thanks. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so second episode rolls through, um, which is called I Love Hip Hop Saga, because they all have terrible names. Yeah. Um, but you know what you're in for. Yeah. It mostly reiterates the rules for the show, you know, girls got to become famous idols without revealing themselves to be zombies or people will behead them. The girls aren't confident in Kataro's weird eccentricities or his plans. Yeah. Um, it also spends... It's mostly the girls 
going through what Sakura went through. But um, yeah, it reiterates who the characters are. But while writing my notes, I'm hoping we discussed them in the casting a bit, which we kind of did. Mostly yeah. just spoke about how they how they die. Well, I mean, they're it's like Hydra. They're all they're all nice. None of them's thing. like a villain. They're all they've all got their own shit going on, but they're all inspired to do shit together. Well, and that's you know the thing. how it goes. And at the beginning of the show, it doesn't let out a lot of like who they are or anything like that because because they don't they most don't, of them don't have memories. Yeah, it's not until later when they start developing personalities. Some of them have like little bits here and there. Saki, who I'm assuming died in the nineties is, like, bummed out because she bets no one's been taking care of her Tamagotchi since she's died. Look, that is a very... Don't laugh. Yeah, no, but the fact that she remembers she had one is something. Everyone in the 90s had a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Did you have a Tamagotchi? Oh, uh, no. I had my Mugwai Furby, and that was all I was getting. Oh, that's because you were young 90s. It's not even Ew. that. It's my parents had one annoying digital pet. They were not willing to fucking try another Oh, no, see, Furby Kids came way after Tamagotchi I financially tube-tied my parents for digital animals, all right? Oh, see, I, I had multiple Tamagotchis. You strike me as a Tamagotchi person. See, you went to school mm. with a lanyard with all your Tamagotchis on I the lanyard. I fucking, in my autistic primary era, and I took my Furby to school to keep an eye on it. And <laughs> sometimes... In a fucking pet cage. Like a, like a tub of ice cream with a blanket over it. If your Tamagotchi died, uh-huh. which was very traumatic. I feel like they die constantly. No, you could keep them alive for a very long time. I guess I didn't know a lot of good Tamagotchi parents in school. You would reset your Tamagotchi until you got a good pet. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't set to what pet you would get. I remember being more impressed by the kid who had the Digimon instead of the Tamagotchi, which was the same shit. No. I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, me. it's not. It's the same... No. Horrible little pixel art. The old kind of LED screen. You know, you know the action. No. Alright, well, there it is. Dig- Digimon had nothing on the Tamagotchi. Okay. Um, fucking goddamn it. We <laughs> traveled so far there. The main beats I enjoy in episode two are I, Junko, and Sakura all running away again. You know, Sakura goes with them because she's like, no, nah, it's bad to run away from the house. You get shot by a scared police officer. And they're like, we're freaking out. We're going to go. And she's like, God damn it. She goes with them. Um, yeah, they are found in the streets by some very white backwards cap wearing rappers that try to pick up the girls. Oh, cringe. When poor policeman A shows up again. And in all fairness, he does he does a good job here. Normally he's kind of like useless, but he does see the three women huddled in a dead end alley from three weird white gangsters. He's like, what are you doing? He's dealt with them before. Mm-hmm. And I steps into like the, the the little traffic light above them, asking for help. And and he sees them like the animated horror zombies that technically they are. Chaos ensues. Um, he tries to shoot them, and they run away. Yep, as you would. They were told. This episode ends with another little concert and an old folks' home. Um, the two fanboys are there again, and they're just kind of confused. They they've already got their ticket. They've sat down, looked around, and gone. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> um, no one's practiced again, so it goes pear-shaped, as you can imagine, and Tay's head comes off. That's fine. Um, it ends with Sakura and Saki having, like, a rap battle at each other, like, about whether what they're doing is fucking stupid or worthwhile at the end of the day. They'll die if they don't. Again. So, you know. May as well commit to it. 
Um, yeah, I like that they do other genres of music in every episode. I like their rap thing that they do. It's mostly just two of them yelling at each other. Yeah. God damn, these hiccups are fucking me up right now. Um, episode three is um, Dead or Live Saga. Not Dead or Alive. Which is weird. Doesn't roll off the tongue, right? It revolves around the girls planning for a gorilla performance. Like the flash mob trend from like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this episode sets up a little bit like the name of the group. They finally get called Fran Shushu. Uh, if that name sounds like a weird sneeze, that's because it is. Yep. Courtesy of Tay eating a Sharpie. As she do. God damn it, Tay. She should be annoying. You know those, like, sidekick pets that always piss me off in Disney movies? She's almost that, in a way, you know what I mean? Mm. But no, she's just fun enough. Um, the episode is also the first time we hear their, um, I'm going to call it their main song, uh, which is called Awaken Returner. It's probably not anywhere near my top list of their songs, but you know, it's a song they go back to a lot. When the episode isn't doing its own little music track, this is usually the one that pops up. Mm. It's their go-to. Um, the performance choreography is shown in this episode and it is CGI. Um, it looks a little jarring. I'm always kind of against the CGI stuff. But I do appreciate it in, like, a rotoscope sense. Because I do like rotoscoping. But, um, it's, like, there's never been a good CGI look in anime. So it's not the show's fault. It's just ongoing. But it's in 3D because the actors are in 3D. Uh, The dance numbers are mo-capped. Like, normally I would hate it because it's CGI, but, like... Like, when they pose, like, the actual characters are, like, breathing hard, and it's really naturally done. Mm. Which, which I, I like that part. Normal, I would hate it more if it didn't feel genuine. Yeah. You know the bear that used to be in the Crunchyroll commercials that looked like a PlayStation 1, and it's running along the snow, but it's not quite running at the same pace it's moving, and it sucks ass? Yeah. This isn't like that. Because <laughs> that, that, that used to make me laugh. Um... Anyway, they inspire one little girl with their dance at the train station, and that makes them happy. It inspires them to keep it their shit, you know? The cop shows up, and he's like, what are you doing? You don't have a ticket. You know how you used to have to, like, you have to have, like, a permit to be busking? Yeah. He's like, do you have a permit? And they all just pretty much jump into the van and get the fuck out. <laughs> Off you go. Um, episode four is called Warming Dead Saga. Again, sorry about the episode titles. I didn't come up with them. Um, in this episode, they go for a sponsorship with a saga business called Hisanaka Pharmacy. Um, and they put on a show at the Yurashino Hot Springs. I'm assuming all these places are real because, like, I've realized watching the um, the Yuri Giri episode mm. and, like, the war that took place in saga during the modernization of Japan... It's all, like, weirdly accurate. So now I'm just assuming everything in this is pretty accurate. I mean, that's accurate. what Japan does. I mean, Akiba's trip? Holy shit. That's where I was going yeah. with this thought. Um, yeah, so, um, they're doing, they're going to the hot springs. They're told that they are zombies and can't be seen using the hot springs, but they do it anyway because they're, you know, teen girls, you know what those fucking things are like. Um, <laughs> which results in more horror hijinks resulting in the owner of the pharmacy too traumatized to sign anything on as partners or really live a normal life after this i love that episode like that scene of the of the woman like they're in the hot spring three of them i forget which ones they're in the hot spring 
the pharmaceutical owner comes out, they're like, fuck, they duck under the water because they can they reasonably should breaths. be able to hold their breath. Um, Sakura's head floats off of her body. Which is a, they have an ongoing issue with decapitation. Um, the the manager sees it. She she panics, goes to leave, sees the other girls, one without a head, runs down the hallway. All the other girls have heard the commotion and have come out looking for their, their friends. So it's almost like some Silent Hill shit. <laughs> like, it's a bathhouse full of zombies to this woman. And, oh, man, it's pretty funny. I, I love when they're drawn and animated, like, horror things. Just... Plus, the dog is very creepy when he's live action. Yeah, he goes from a, a toy poodle, which is what he's designed to be, to like a fucking sharp Rottweiler, I guess would be how I would describe it. I still find Rottweilers cute. Whatever That's he why is, I say not... sharp. That's whatever breed that dog My is. My grandparents supposed to be had a gentle alive. Rottweiler. I'm the same. That's why I'm adding sharp to it. It's a very pointy dog. It's also like an aquatic color. Um. Yeah, yeah, I like that episode. It's fun. Next episode, they do an ad for a drive-in Tory, a actual famous saga chicken, a fried chicken place. Um, after that, they int- this is a good episode, but I don't. I thought it was like multiple ones. It turns out it's a couple. It's a couple bits together that I misremembered because mm. they also do the Gashima Olympics, which I would say is similar to MXC mm. or like Muddy Wipeout. If people, I don't know if that show's still on the air. Actually, I do not watch TV. I, it's probably still in the air. All episodes are on YouTube. Yeah. If you are an actual teacher, it yeah. goes down real good. It's a, it's like a fun, goofy episode, um, but it has a reporter in the crowd that recognizes one of the girls, which ends up becoming a plot thread that continues throughout the entire run of the show. It's a good, it's a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, the show stops being it episodic and starts leading Shinta into stuff. Okobo. Played by Toru Nara. The, 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 the reporter guy? The mm. older looking dude? Mm. Do you know him from anything? Or you just got the names? Um, I had his name... Considering most of the other girls, I would not be shocked if he's like fucking some big name guy. Uno momento, blah, blah, blah. Alright, well, I will say from here the show stops being episodic and starts really like leaning into major arcs. Like all fun and games are aside now. That girl sat still too long and has mushrooms growing on her head. Um... Yeah, the show starts leading up to the Saga Rock Festival. As I mentioned, I was killed on stage by lightning. So um, when the storm hits during their performance, she has some PTSD. But her buddy Junko puts her insecurities aside to aid her friend, only for the stage to be hit and destroyed by lightning. Um, it's a cool scene, and at this point I sort of run out of time to gush about each episode through the whole series. But I will recommend people watch it, either for the first time or again, because, you know, why not? Mm, um, the girls rise up from the broken stage they're, ele- they're electrified so they are glowing and their voices kind of buzz in like a distorted auto-tune kind of snazzy way mm. and they you know proceed with their little little show and the crowd is amazed at this quote-unquote special effect performance as they sing their Awaken Returner song again um, that's one of the downsides of this season i think is because the next arc is them leading up to a like a concert show and it breaking halfway through and they have to continue to play regardless because they're dead and it doesn't matter so he's in jojo's bizarre adventure my hero academia attack on titan fuck dragon quest 
Ace Attorney. Oh, dude. Um, Boruto. Oh, God. Where the, how did they fucking Naruto. do Naruto? Jeez. Um, I, the one with the weird red cat. I know it's popular. Please don't ask me to say it's a yokai watch. Yeah, sure. I think that's the English name. Fuck, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Well, it says most of those letters in there. Oh, great. Um, Pokemon. Hunter X Hunter. The fucking cast in this is crazy. Super Street Fighter. <laughs> okay. Full Metal Alchemist. Alright, that's a big one. Uncharted 2. What the fuck? <laughs> Can I stop this now? Yes, I'm waiting for you to stop. You're doing this. Black Lagoon. Oh, now, see. Ghost you're... in the Shell. Oh, who's in that? I don't think it's one of the ones you've seen. Oh, I haven't watched any of the movies because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, okay, I'm, I'm right. done now. So the two episodes to follow this are origin-centered episodes, one for Lily and one for Saki. Again, um, we've, we've we've hit that shit, so it's all good. Um, then the final three episodes center on Sakura, because she is hit by another car. As yet. And it rattles her head and she kind of switches, remembering her alive time, not her um, time as a zombie. Hmm. Um, her mostly dead time. Yeah, so she's forgotten all of her time with Franchishu. So she loses a lot of her dedication, her motivation, she doesn't know any of the dance moves, she doesn't really know any of the people there. So she's going through like an existential thing about that. She's more, she's very mopey now. But I do really enjoy Tay trying to remind her. Because Tay is Tay. She just keeps biting her face. Well, she, she rocks up wearing the, the fried chicken place t-shirt, making rooster noises, trying to jog Sakura's memory. Um, and that doesn't work. They, they all try a few things. But it ends up being Tay again, who, like, pulls her out of their slump, whether she wants it or not, getting so fucking frustrated that she just drags Sakura into their little dance studio and treating her the same way Sakura treated her originally, but more forcefully. Because she's an unthinking beast. And Sakura was the one going out of her way to... Like, literally, Does like, turn her head to be like, hey, hey, we're doing this thing. Don't look at the something shiny or something moving. Come on. You have to focus. You have no brains. You can do it, though. That's what I need someone to do to me. <laughs> yeah. And just shove snacks in my mouth regularly. Yeah, but she's do- she's doing that and then doing the dance moves at, at Sakura, being like, no, like this, like this, but, you know, without words, because she's fucking Sailor Moon grunting. <laughs> um... Don't remind me. When Sakura does try to leave, um, Yugiri slaps the shit out of her and then gives her a big motivational speech and says they don't care how unlucky or shit she may be. Um, she is their leader. She's still zombie number one of the group. Mm-hmm. And they would rather fail with her than succeed without her. Isn't that nice? Teamwork makes the dream work or whatever that fucking thing is. <laughs> so she worries about being cursed, you know, like... She, but she does have all the dances memorized, which is good, like the muscle memory sort of thing. But the mirror they perform in front of cracks when she does it. So, you know, she's a bit... She's she's a bit um unsure, but she pushes on as a huge snow front heads towards Saga. Um, I'm paraphrasing a lot here, but we fast forward to the big stage show. Uh, when they're performing, windows start to shatter as the snowy blizzard um, beating against the concert hall starts to break through. Again, the stage ends up crumbling under them once more. But um, can Sakura withstand this shitty luck and get back up? Yes. Yeah, eventually. All the other girls claw themselves up and they do an acapella and the audience begins like a marching applause. 
The Sakura gets up. They all sing along, and it's great. Um, now that she's performing again, do you remember how she had flashes in episode one of Iron Frill? Yeah. Once she's actually, once she stops moping long enough to actually perform, and you know, you got the lights and the crowd and everything's there, she starts having those flashes again. Yeah. But from like all of season one, all of her time with the girls, so she's back, baby. But also yeah. remembers being hit by that van. <laughs> if that's something you wanted to remember, Ow. yeah. Um, as for that reporter I mentioned, he's seen the girls crushed to death in their live shows twice now, and he'll be keeping a close eye on them in the next season. But for now, that's about it. It's kind of, it's as much as I can pack into one episode of our podcast, but I will say it's slower, I would say, than the next season, mm. which does a lot of two-parters, but I feel like it packs a lot more into those two-parters comparatively. This is very set top Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, it doesn't feel set up Yeah, Yeah, as I said, it does lead into a second season, which I do prefer, but you you still got to take the time to watch this one first. It sets up everything. Yeah. Um, it has some great stuff in it, whether... And whether it's... um, I don't, I don't know what I've written here. <laughs> um, okay, so I like this season. I like season two better, and I'm very curious to see what the upcoming movie is going to be like. But I cannot even talk about what it's called or the movie process because it spoils the ending of season two. Yeah. It leads on from that big twist I mentioned earlier. Um, no matter what happens, I will be lost, confused, and totally on board for it. Um, yeah. It's also... There's also a musical coming out, which I was curious about because it's, um, you know, it's a theatrical musical about anime zombies. What do you want from me? Um, what more do you need? What more can I say? Um, Kai, what are your thoughts about the series? The second season in particular, obviously. Well, I didn't watch a lot of the second season. I know. So, I'm going to disappoint you again. Well, the, the glances that I've restrained myself from watching, whether you were there or not. <laughs> I think it's nice that they, like, get you invested in the characters before actually giving you like anything to work with yeah yeah it, it's, it's personality a based. way to do it i feel like you'd like it because a lot of the things you like about the girls in kaijo i think a lot of that is similar here yeah there's a lot of camaraderie girls getting along with girls which apparently is rare it is bitches be competitive bitches be bitches and snitches get stitches. I was going to say, as our resident bitch, you're allowed to say those things. <laughs> Yay! But, well, finally, a new title. Yeah, but the, yeah, they all get along. Bitch producer car. Bitch producer. Um, yeah, I th- yeah, I think you'd like it. This is my recommendation for you and the audience. Anyone who hasn't seen it should give it a crack. Because I feel like by like the first episode, you'll know whether you're into it or not. Yeah. And, by, and if you're unsure, se- the second episode will give you a few more characters to work with and you'll know it's not it's not like a you have to watch six seasons to really like this bullshit hbo drama yeah it's like you'll figure it out in like the first half hour i I like the characters Mm. but i don't know i just don't think i spent enough time watching it yeah because i was kind of just like breathing in and out of it and listening to you like gush about it Look, I, I, I know the twist at the end. Ha <laughs> ha! Look, I came into it being like, oh, it's a funny zombie thing. 
And then they play we've songs, and I'm like, oh, that's annoying, but I guess that's fine. We literally got into it because of the meme. Don't it's even. But it, yeah, was pimp, it was pimp yeah, but, May all over again. Yeah, but it happens like a minute into the show. We could have stopped, but I was like, yeah, it's a weird enough premise. Let's, again, and then you meet Kojiro, exactly and I'm like, wow. It's exactly the same as Pimp May. Yeah. Pop team and Pimp May. <laughs> yeah. So it's always important to have a good set. We found a meme on the internet, and we committed harder than we should have. It's a shockingly frequent piece of just my existence. It's the thing I do. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, Time for homework, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, I always see on, like, constantly on Facebook, there's the, like, the graph picture with Kirk Cobain, Biggie and Tupac, and, like, three or four other people. And it's like, oh, who would you like to see come back for one concert? Yeah. So I didn't want to do that one because it feels cliche as fuck, thanks to the repetitive cycle that is Facebook. Um, so I just, I went with like a more vague one, like what, uh, dead or broken up band would you like to see, like, properly return? You're not going to like my answer. Yeah, go on. My band is technically undead. Yes. But I don't have proof. It was stolen from me. As many things that the Panera Bread has stolen before. My chemical fucking romance. You've been waiting for this delayed reunion show for a hot minute, that's for sure. I managed to get engaged and married before I got my During the reschedules. <laughs> Good work. I was supposed to see them instead of getting engaged. Oh, what a life that could have been. Right! (laughs) Imagine the changes that Panera would have made. Yeah. And that's the annoying thing. They're reunited. They're doing shows. They've already redone the thing. Where is my new song? There's one song, and it's just them kind of being like... It's a teaser trailer for a song. I'm like, dudes, get to a studio. Release something. Just anything. Just prove that you guys are all in a room talking to each other. Prove. <laughs> Fair enough. You don't have enough evidence, even though it's 100% a thing. You just want to see. It's like Sasquatch. It's 100% real. You just want the evidence. <laughs> I can't get out my NC Army armband to wave my emo banner until talk. I have proof. <laughs> oh. And you laugh at me, but I actually have one of those. Look, I'm glad that you have an actual answer. Because no one knows the shit I listen to, let's be honest. Um, Jack of Jill did a reunion show, and I missed it because it was like four years ago and I don't travel. Yeah. Um, that would have been exciting to see. But obviously the sequel band Scarling, that that would be my answer. It'd be, it'd be cool to see that get a reunion too. I don't think it will. That, that's all I got. I'm not, I can't ex- I'm not going to explain myself. You have Spotify. <laughs> I had to explain myself. Yours, yours because they technically reunited, but I don't have evidence. Look, I had what? There's it, not even a picture. I've had one Jessica Adams reunion. I want the other one. Yeah. That's that's all. It's like if they rebooted um some shared universe shit, but not the whole shared universe, just one bit of it. Mm. I'm waiting for the other bit. Mm. All right. Mm. Zombieland Saga is pretty cool. That's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. The moral of the episode is every time we follow up on a meme, 
<laughs> we're usually happily, happily surprised with what comes after the meme. So, I follow mean, the weird strings. Yeah, I'm not telling you to follow your heart or your mind, but follow that weird, tickly sensation that you see when you see, when you see a funny meme. <laughs> I've been your host, Toby Apollo. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, email us at the email address. Um, the school for wayward nerds at gmail.com. Is it the or just school? I think it's just school. But I yeah, fuck so. Um yes, thank you to As producer just Kaya. On Facebook. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Um yeah, thank you to producer Kaya for being here. And that is that is it, baby. Cluster's missed.